very good morning and, of course, Happy New Year to you. Steve Vines is here to keep things down to standard. Don't start. Can I dampen the mood? Oh, could, could I do that? I, I thought that was why I was Today, invited in every, here. Everything is lovely. <laughs> nah. Well, I mean, you know, we are in the second day of the new year, so I assume that anyone who's made a new year resolution has already broken it. I mean, that, I think, is... is but, I mean, I think, you know, we are... It is it is beholden on us to look forward to the future. Yeah, and, you, you and, winning a toaster off the yeah. tourism board. <laughs> But I, I, I always take as my benchmark for this the great and late Peter Sellers, yeah. who, who, who uh, this is some time ago, and if the listener is as old as I am, they'll actually know who Peter Sellers is, but he's a comedian of, 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 of very great repute, I would say, who's, who, who had a, he did a marvellous monologue in which he started, as I think... Existing conditions are extremely unlikely. <laughs> and that's my prediction for the year, that existing conditions will continue to be unlikely. And I make another prediction, yeah. which is only time can tell. Yes. It's been a hard day's <laughs> night. <laughs> Brilliant as well. Yes. I think, I think so. All in all, that covers everything to do with the new year, really. Yeah. I, I don't think... Do, do we need to say more than that? No, it's your gig. You say what you I like. got. I got very excited when, um, just before the new year, there was, there was a video showing that Carrie Lamb had received Christmas cards. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. She actually puts out a video saying, look, people don't hate me. I got Christmas cards. And there's about eight Christmas cards. All from Junior's Hope. <laughs> well, no, I don't think even from Junior's Hope. They're, they're all from people called my secretary, my note taker. No, I don't know that. But, um, I mean, it, it comes to something when um, she's reduced to trying to persuade people that everybody doesn't hate her by saying, oh, look, I got a number of Christmas cards from, from residents. And then, of course, she, she really cracked it with that video. Did you see the... I did not see any of oh, this stuff, Steve. The, That's why you're here. <laughs> honestly, the things <laughs> I do, the things I do for the listener, I actually watched it, and I was impressed. Yes. I think it, 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 it marked a turning. She, not only did she appear herself, but she got some of the waxworks to come along and, uh, you know, join in. So she said, who are the least hated members of my team of waxworks? And she, she mustered up a few of them. And, you know, I thought maybe there's nothing to be said here, but I was quite wrong. Mention was made of vocational training. And I said to myself, this is grasping the big issue of the day. Vocational training, that's, that's, actually, I don't know if anybody knew that there was a march yesterday, but most of the people parading down the streets were going, what do we want? Yeah. Vocational training. They were. When do we want it? I think as you must, soon as possible. You must have thought you were watching the Mike Yarwood Christmas special. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's what it was, actually. <laughs> yeah, but without the serious bits. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> so, I mean, I, and then, I mean, it's very interesting. It's very, very interesting. What does what does what are the, the, were the initial visuals on this video? I'm going to watch it now. You see, you, you, I, You've I, done I, it. I am I am channeling people towards this this fantastic piece of, I mean, you know, I think Oscars has been mentioned, or if not Grammys, but anyway, it, it starts off with her sort of general narrative of what's going on, which is she likes to show a, 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 um, violence in protest. I mean. I, I do get it that, that the entire government narrative is violence and then violence. 
but but I mean, you know, maybe there's a reason for it. Who knows? Um, obviously not Matthew Chung, who says he'll only know what it is once he's seen an opinion poll. But but other people may think that there are reasons for it. So she actually starts off the video with with a scene of a sort of empty street and. You, you know, then it kicking off. Um, we've actually seen these scenes before. I don't know if the listener has, but I seem to. I've actually been there, so I've actually been in the middle of it. Much, much mystery surrounds this piece of of um, what, what, what would be what would be the Hong Kong equivalent of Hollywood or Bollywood or I tell you what I have Calumwood seen or wherever it was. I mean, there's a, sh a shrink would have a nightmare with this. The stream of abject abuse she gets on Facebook whenever she puts this. I mean, well, well, this let's, is, let's this just is be human point. for she, a second she, she puts, she puts, um, she's, she's, un because, well, let, let's, let's reel back a bit. She, do you remember we had the dialogue platform that was a highly successful event held in a secret location in Wan Chai, um, and, oh God, that was a, somehow not working because people stood up and didn't agree with her so they haven't had any more of those awful dialogues so now she says i'm moving it online because online really works for her uh, that's except where the damage for, is done except for as you say as soon as she moves online it doesn't work so they then sort of um close down some of these comments because uh they're also not helpful so, I mean, you know, whichever way she turns, she's still the CNO, she's still the chief executive in name only, and she's still living for just as long as it takes for, for the people in Beijing to find a replacement. And if she's in any... Do you, do you any go with that? Do you really I go with that? I completely go with that. You I do. think if there's any scintilla of doubt about that, you, you, you just look at um, the way that all the people who, who've got great antennae for this... I mean, if all those people in the pro-government camp thought she'd live to fight another day, they'd all be round her, raising the flag, preferably a red one, um, and going, oh, Carrie, you're doing a great job. They've all, they've all disappeared. They've all got dentists. And as I say, they've got great antennae, these people. They, 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 they don't speak to the hoi polloi, but they do know where power lies, and they know very clearly that power does not lie in government house with the Sino. So they've all deserted her and apart from that great start to the year well th and there was another big announcement oh, okay. did you see the other big announcement Go on. visa free entry to uzbekistan for hong kong sar passport holders not many people know that but that happened at the end of the year it's a singular and stellar achievement so if you're thinking of going on your holidays to uzbekistan which i understand most people are you don't need a visa now I mean, it's, it's a great thing that's happened. Again, you just look at the government website and it's all there. Details are given. As of 1st of January, visa-free travel to Uzbekistan. Let's get the next bus then. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have, and then we have, because, I mean, you know, the words brewery and... Um, yep. Uh, yep. Can we say that on the radio? Know, the other one, yeah, yeah. yeah, piss up and brewery just, 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 just seem to apply here. Is is the Hong Kong Tourist Tourism Board? Is that its correct name? Who are? Um, this is who, interesting. Uh, if you did this, please tell us. I didn't even know about it until the evening when when people, friends of mine, were posting on Facebook. Going, did you get the code? And then somebody the, the else said they sent me a virus. Somebody <laughs> else was saying. I mean, I didn't know. About I mean, you know, these are people who who so they can. Cancel the fireworks. Says that again. We have to reel back and put context. They cancel the fireworks on grounds of public order, because um, you know fireworks, smoke. Ooh, ooh, we know how, you know what Hong Kong people are like when they get together 
<laughs> they're combustible. Anyway, so they cancel the fireworks and they say, here's a, here's a plan. We've got a plan. Lucky draw. Anyone can enter. And we will devise... Except... A, 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 except we will devise a platform. You see that word platform coming up again? O, o, under which they can enter. And within nanoseconds, it went kaput. The, 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 the organisers found that they were barred by um, various companies that, that, that minister these... Um, email and websites and you know you're just thinking what level of incompetence resides in a bureaucracy can i just point out here even Steve, work this out what actually happened to my knowledge the other day was classic everything went super fast bombarded so the people of hong kong did a distributed denial of service a ddos on a government website and they yes. didn't even know they'd yes. done it i know i know isn't it i mean it's just you can't make this stuff up and, and it, you you know i mean remember this is the same government that hadn't even worked out how to it said oh we're going to give out you know four thousand bucks to every poor person and then it turns out that again they hadn't worked out how to do it so the poorest people in hong kong were given this tantalizing uh, a prospect of a handout and it turned out they couldn't even give money away the tourism board you know this is the tourism board is another one of these quasi independent authorities but what's been happening and it's this is actually rather interesting what's been happening in the past i would say five or six years i can't be precise about this is that all these advisory committees and quasi independent boards you know like the cultural authority running the west Kowloon thing etc etc they used to be populated by people who actually knew something about whatever the topic was but under the new um dispensation uh, which started with siwai lung he purged all these committees of people who weren't considered to be loyalists so the first priority for dealing, for, for becoming a member of one of these things was your political affiliations. I have no idea what bunch of waxworks are sitting in, in, the, in the tourism authority, but we now know that they're not competent waxworks, but I'm sure that they can wave a red flag. Well, they're not much good on pooters, are they? <laughs> they're not, and of course, they're really not much good on promotion of Hong Kong. Because if, if your way of promoting Hong Kong is to say, violence, violence, you're, you're have really, a toaster. Have a toaster, yeah, or have a flight. Well, the big prizes were, were, I understand, free free flights on a airline, which we don't want to advertise. It's a one-way ticket. It's a one-way ticket out of Hong Kong in first class, which has been abolished on most of those flights. But anyway, anyway, let's not get into small micro detail. So that was a great success, and I gather, as we speak, hasn't been sorted out. So the 1.4 million people, or whatever it was, who were trying to get hold of this uh, lucky draw have found out that lucky and draw are not words that belong in a single sentence. Let's take an issue that this, let's take an issue here, Mr. Vines. The whole notion of bread and circuses, throwing us a bone. A bone to what extent? Uh, like, have some free prizes, have some stuff, have some money. <laughs> oh, yes. Because you're going to go away once we give you that. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Have a bone and shut yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, you, you know, I mean, what, what I find most objection about these bones is they keep saying, oh, you know, in the budget we're going to have giveaways. That's what I mean. And I'm thinking, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, wait a minute, who's paying for those giveaways? 
Oh, that's, that's right. It's Mr. and Mrs. Joe Public. How do, how does the government think it gets its revenue? It doesn't come out of the ether. It doesn't come like everything they think comes from trickling down from Beijing. It comes from Mr. and Mrs. Hong Kong Joe Public. And, you know, the, the idea that, oh, we'll be giving you back some of your money... In the form of a toaster. <laughs> in the form of a toaster, or if, <laughs> if, if you're really lucky, in the form of cash, which we haven't worked out how to distribute. I mean, you know, I, I mean, there's a level of incompetence and actually bent thinking about this. Not yeah. good. And he's back. Good morning. 22.11. Halfway, well, more than halfway through with Steve Vines, which is always a good thing. I like the way you're always counting it off, going, is there much more of this? I know. <laughs> Dang. I'll tell you what, though. That text from a lady who said, I don't know if this is true, the very fact that every time something happens, we've got these amazing MC Escher-style theories for everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, fertile imaginations and people feel the need they really think that they're being that there's persecuted. there's a conspiracy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that goes to the fundamental point which um, interests me, is, you know, is it, are we going to get back to so-called normal? Everyone says, oh, you know, it's all right, it's a little phase. Well, that phase has been going on for seven months, which by any standards isn't little, but never mind. I mean, do you really think that when the level of protests on the streets dies down, which of course it will at some stage, I, I have I think no that's crystal. what a lot of people are playing the long game, aren't they? But the, but the question is, what does that, what residue does that leave? This level of mistrust. I mean, will, will the police force still have the level of authority and confidence that they had before the protests? Will anybody in the government have the same level of authority and all the rest of it that they had before the protests? Will the whole idea of people trembling and obeying, because that is the only way to carry on, still be the prevalent idea? I mean, you have to ask yourself all these things. And then you come to the absolutely more substantial question, which is, you know, what's happened to a younger generation who have now grown up with the idea that, that, that they are alienated from the society in which they're living. I mean, they're passionate believers in Hong Kong. I take that away as a great thing. I'm, I'm, you know, if you, if you listen to the words of the anthem of the movement, Glory to Hong Kong, you'll find that it's a, it's a level of extreme commitment to Hong Kong. I mean, that's good. But the point is, to what extent can you really go back to normal? You know, if you if you look at these things in a historical context, and I, I always like the example of, of Czechoslovakia because that's where the inspiration for these Lenin walls came from in Hong Kong. Everybody at the time said, um, after 1968, when there was the famous uprising, the Prague Spring, uh, when Dubček, who was then the party secretary in Czechoslovakia, was, was, was disposed and all the rest of it, said, you know... Well, the Soviets have reimposed re control. You know, Czechoslovakia is a weird old place, like Hong Kong is now being described as a weird old place. But then they've learnt to knuckle down. They've learnt to accept reality. And what was so interesting, as the Soviet system was crumbling, and remember, that was that was within two decades. I know you may say, well, that's an awful long time. That's twenty years. But it was within two decades. Um, actually, it was less than two decades. What was the what was the country that was best placed to seize the initiative 
of a crumbling Soviet Union, it was Czechoslovakia. You you, you remember how, um, you know, um, Václav Havel who became became the, the prime minister in, in, in what at the time was a bloodless transition of power. And it was because civil society had fortified itself against the communist regime to such an extent that while they remained in power, which they did, and it was a very hard line um, form of regime, civil society had already made its own arrangements for how to proceed. So I'm just wondering in Hong Kong, and, you know, a 20-year perspective seems impossible to take at the present time, but I am wondering in Hong Kong, given the enormous advances in the in what's been happening in civil society, I mean, one of the most interesting things about yesterday's march, um, which, you know, in many ways was a routine march in terms of what happens in Hong Kong. Lots of people um, descends into violence at a, at a point uh, the police get very frisky. I mean, they made 400 arrests, which is an awful large number in a single event. Um, was the emergence of all these uh, booths setting up trade unions, getting people to sign up for trade unions. You see, this is a longer term thing. This is saying that we're not just going to be on the streets. We're going to be in the workplace. We're going to be in communities. We're going to be in local councils, because now, of course, the local councils are dominated by by the Democrats. So, you know, we're moving into a new era. I think people who only focus on what's happening on the streets aren't understanding the depth of the changes that are going on in Hong Kong, which is why I don't believe that we go back to a normal normal. I mean, the previous normal. I think that's that's for the that's for the birds. It really is. And we'll see as the years roll out the tenacity of the protest movement you know if it really only does exist on the streets then it's dead i mean it really is because you can't sustain steep street protests forever just what? cannot be done but you can sustain fundamental change in communities and the other thing of course which is which is something that i've been doing quite a lot of research about recently is the way that these protests moved into localities. I mean, this is the first time in Hong Kong's history. And I, I, usually I don't make such sweeping statements, but I happen to know this is true. It is the first time in Hong Kong's history that you've had protest movements going out of one central area. I mean, you've had in history, you know, going back to the Docker strike of the 1920s, you had a protest movement, but they were all centered around the center of town. Now, there isn't really a single district, maybe not the peak and, you know, maybe not some of the outlying islands, but there's no central district. There's no highly populated district, maybe I'll put it that way, which hasn't had its own particular protest movement. Again, this is phenomenally significant when you, when, when you realise that people don't have to travel to the middle of town to make a point. They just stay in their own communities. Uh, sometimes with awful consequences, as we saw in Yun Long, which I understand by, the, I understand from the new, uh, <laughs> the new dispensation in the police force was their own fault that they got beaten up by the triads because they volunteered to tra travel on the MTR. I'm still working that one out. It's an interesting view. I noticed that that. Um, What's his name? The inspector. Oh, yeah, his senior superintendent, Kongwing Joan, who said that, didn't actually deny saying it. He's going, well, you know, you've got to take it in context. But then he was asked again, well, did you say that? He says, yes, I did. But, well, you know, you either did or you didn't. If you're going to start saying that the victims of crime, I mean, this is the old thing. 
this is the old appalling thing that they used to say to rape victims or they were asking for it. I mean, you know, thank God people don't... Well, maybe they do still say that. I hope they don't. But, they, you know, these people are beaten up. They were asking for it. I'm sorry, this is not acceptable. And they wonder why they're not as, as popular as they might be. Well, boys, it's in your own hands. You either, um, you know, you either do something about it or, or you do what you do. Mm. And what you do ain't good. Bring up an interesting few things there. I mean, so we're talking about you sort of, things of, some things you said gone past the point of no return. In, in terms of trust, there are some things humans can't undo. And yeah. We, and history, as I'm sure you'll point out, says that as well. In terms of strategy, part of the strategy now is not just to, not just to sort of blow, um, you know, trash things, etc., etc., is to play, to toy with the police. Yes. Yes. I, 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 I mean, but... And I suppose the whole point is there's multiple strategies. That's one of them. Yeah. That is one of them. But, you you know, I mean, you it's have... It's not just turn up and get in a fight, basically. Not turn up and get in a fight. And you have all these extraordinary things like you had... Um, I mean, people, because the new norm is so abnormal, people kind of don't notice how significant they are. But you had, for example, just before the new year, in the advertising industry, not a well-known hotbed of dissent, um, a very significant peop group of people saying, oh, I'll tell you what... You can call it a strike or you can say we're just not working for the next 10 days, but we're going to not go to our normal employers. We're going to sp spend these 10 days devising marketing and advertising strategies for the protest movement. I mean, that's an extraordinary thing to do. Mm. And, they, and, and you see some... I, I saw it yesterday on the streets. You saw all these actually very inventive um, banners and posters, which I hadn't seen before. I assume came out of that. I don't know that, but... There they were, so, you know. I've got a question for you, Steve. What do you know about this so-called yellow economy? I mean... You, you, well, that's very interesting. What, what do you know about it? I mean, the, 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 this is... It, it, well, you have to take it in parallel with the blue economy. So you've got all these um, shops and restaurants and other institutions that are said to be sympathetic towards the protests. And there's all these lists circulating online and actually physically. I saw some oh, physical yes. lists yesterday um, saying, you know, do not patronise and do patronise X, Y and Z. These are blue companies, have nothing to do with them. I mean, we all know about the very famous examples like Maxim's and 360, which are very much um, not, not liked by the protest movement but <coughs> it's the liked bit which is quite interesting and the, 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 the particularly the restaurants who are on the yellow list are doing booming business at the moment Okay, wind back a bit I mean, I'd be surprised if they say do not I'd tell you they'd be a oh. bit more clever than to say do not I mean, it's like, just so you know these are this and yeah. these are this I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I may be wrong but I don't believe they're saying do not go here No, no, they're saying this is for your information Sure, that's what I mean so, you know, this, this is just another thing of, um, you know, does it end when things on the street end? I mean, th I'll take a much more dramatic example. But, but you know, after, after the Second World War, many people in Britain <coughs> would never buy a German car, would never knowingly buy a German product. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it was commonly felt that, that they must be tainted by Nazism. I mean, that 
All the businessmen wearing boss suits didn't want to buy anything German. (laughs) And and boss suits, incidentally, was available in those days. In those days. So, you know, I mean, it took took many generations. I know my own family wouldn't have a German product in the house until... Actually, I can't remember until when, but I, I... I must have been at least in my late teens yeah. before there was anything resembling a German product allowed through the door. Yeah, no kidding. So, you know, I mean, memories last and it has an impact. The new generation, you can't say, you know, in forever, all Germans are bad people. I mean, that's a ludicrous thing to say. And people, generation. I don't think, I don't think people were saying it, but they said, you know, we've got to get out of the period of where these goods could have been tainted by association with Nazism. Hugo Boss, incidentally, was tainted by association. And some, explain. Well, I mean... you you, you, the SS uniforms. The SS uniforms, exactly. So, you know, I mean, some of it was... We're not having anything to do with Germans. Some of it was, um, you know, Volkswagen. Oh, where did that start? Oh, it started with the Nazis, actually. Cheers, Steve.